previously on Just Cow in the City. Is it necessary to be a mean teacher? He's like, Stanley Kubrick is a hack. Carmella Creeper. Before that, when they haven't had a new monster cereal in over 30 years, it was pretty exciting. I'm like, but I'll, I'll just cut the cord then, and then you'll be out of all your money. You guys know so much about women. How come you hear it like... And gas and sip on a Saturday night, no women anywhere. My choice, man. It's yeah, right, man. It's a conscious choice. choice. It's a choice, man. He's an ass. He's always in trouble, as if he was a third grader. He's like Barney Rubble. He seems pretty dumb, but he always has fun. Just cow in the city. Sometimes he's witty. When the pressure is low, just cow in the city. He's dynamite. Podcast should be on the radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City, September 19th, holiday edition. And uh, welcome to the show. What a beautiful day it is here in Nueva Jersey. It's beautiful September blue, September 11th-like skies, which we always talk about, September 11, 2001, the greatest-looking day of all time. Well, the month of September has bought us that again. It is not a cloud in the sky celebrating today in New Jersey with my guests, everybody's favorite once a year, my sister Beth and my niece Dory. Hello. What's up? Oh, God, Dory. <laughs> I asked Dory to test the mic. She's like, hi. <laughs> but then she started doing the elf thing, which I was just trying to, I was doing that the other day, doing the elf, but I didn't realize it was the elf thing until later. Oh, that's right. I was doing it on the podcast because I was I was doing a Kimberly Akimbo and I was saying, oh, I hate those songs where they're like, and then I was wondering if I could do it, if uh, maybe I could just be a regular high school student, because it's not real song, and they're just saying their words, yeah. and it sounded like what uh, Will Ferrell was doing in Elf. Do it's it again, true. Dory. I'm in a store, and I'm singing, and I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're nuts. Anyway, great to be here in the Casper household once again, celebrating the high holidays of Rosh Hashanah, so we're all together, plus my nephew's birthday, all comes up on uh, the same weekend again. Like I've always said, if my birthday had come uh, every couple of years on Yom Kippur, I would have uh, killed my mother, uh, but uh, maybe if your birthday is that day, you're used to it, so it doesn't make that much of a difference. But when I think about having a birthday during this time of the year, I'd be really upset about it. Uh, just like, you know, poor Marina, her birthday is Christmas Day. Ooh. And then one of my friends, Emilio, his birthday is December 24th, which may be the worst birthday of all time. I don't know. You could maybe still hang out with your friends, though. If you're Jewish. No. Like no. Christmas, Christmas Eve morning. Chris, 
Yeah, nobody's doing Who that. wants to hang out on their birthday in the morning? Hey, everybody, get up early on Christmas <laughs> Eve. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I guess you're right. No, it's a nightmare whether you're Jewish or celebrate Christmas. Christmas Eve has to be the worst birthday. I mean, we can, we can have an entire podcast about the worst birthdays ever. Christmas Eve has to be the worst because it's a completely family-oriented day. And if you are a lonely Jewish boy like myself, it's just depressing. You're never going to be able to find somebody. I mean, once in a while, when we were younger, maybe we did some stuff on Christmas Eve, but it was still depressing. You still feel like an outsider, and it's awful. The other bad birthday could be December 31st. Or, you know, which I do know people that have been born on that day, but... That's fun, I think. It could be fun. Right. It's always a party. It's always a party. January 1st, horrible birthday. Horrible birthday. Nobody wants to see you that day. And I know about six people who were born on January 2nd, which I kind of like. Because for me, the people that I knew on January 2nd, I liked that birthday because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to start out the year and party every day. I'm going to celebrate everybody's birthday. So no dry January. Yeah, big, no, no, never. And that, that's another thing why you wouldn't want to be born then too, right? But then the best is by January 3rd, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done. I think Tara Kennel is January 2nd. Yeah, she is because I'm going to party with her this year because I remember she turned 21. She She's really yeah. hot. Oops, I wasn't supposed to say that. I don't loud. think you should say that. No. Is this on? <laughs> I can edit. I was going to um, say. Okay, so we're going to start off with the elephant in the room. I'm talking about Billy's friend, Sam. I'm kidding. Um, no, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, <can> oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so glad. Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, folks, folks. All right, here's the thing. Oh, I have multiple things to say about it. The whole podcast might be this. I actually had a couple of questions. Yeah, like, okay. Well, let's just start with uh, the facts. Did um, you cry? No, okay. because I was at a bar and already drunk. But here's the thing. Everybody who's been listening to this podcast for the past five or six months since this has been going on knows full well how excited I was about Aaron Rodgers coming here. But then it turns out it wasn't just me. And you know how I've been plugging hard knocks and promoting it and playing clips from the show. And last week, even calling the podcast, the New York Jets love Broadway. Jets rule. And it was going to be such an exciting season. Beth, were you not, after I showed you about hard knocks, excited about watching the New York Jets? I have never watched the Jets because Matt won't let me. But this year... I was so excited. I wanted to go to a sports bar Monday night just to watch it. So exciting. Turned it on. When that happened, I was like, oh, my God, how's David? Oh, my God, I got to text him. What's going to happen? This is the worst thing that's ever happened. And then when I found out he wasn't coming back, I'm like, I, I, I mean, haven't, hasn't everybody always said the Jets are cursed? Yep. yep. How could you not believe it? Dory, your thoughts. Um, I'm in a store. <laughs> I'm singing. No, it's a huge bummer, obviously, because it was actually kind of exciting. And then he plays for all of 30 seconds. But it's also kind of hilarious because, like, the Jets suck and now they always will. Now she's right about but that. But they did I win. Yeah, well, whatever. It's like a win that they can't even celebrate. It's weird. So the thing is, what have I also been saying on this podcast? You guys don't know, but I mean, my the, my listeners, you guys know that I have said specifically multiple times that let's enjoy this until the September 11th because we know if you're a true Jets fan, you know he's going to get injured on the first play. 
I said this a hundred times. You did? Yep. I can play it back for anybody. Everyone knows. If you are a Jets fan, you knew you saw this coming a mile away, but you have hope every season that it's going to be different. And here's the thing, you guys. I was at the game the last time this happened. The last time there was this much hope and promise for the New York Jets, which is in 1999. Remember, we used to go to all the, me and Lawrence and Lee. Yes. And we went to every game in Dave Elliott. And we went to every game. We had season tickets. We went to every game. In 1998, they almost made it to the Super Bowl. They were in the championship game playing the Broncos, and they lost. They were tied at, at the half. You know, we were sitting there at Caliban going like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. This is a dream with Vinny Testaverde as their quarterback. Who the fuck is this guy, right? He was like a nobody. And, I mean, he wasn't a no he'd been around the league for a while, but they brought in like a veteran and – you know, it was Bill Parcells coaching. It was amazing. And 1999 was going to be like, okay, this year is a year. I don't know. Maybe he made it to the first quarter. It In our memories, he got hurt the first play. Like he just went down, fell on his knee, and we're like, whatever. Just like Aaron Rodgers, where you're like, wait, what? why is he still on the floor? He didn't get hurt that hard. And the season was over. The first minute. So it's in every Jets fan's mind that this exact scenario is going to happen because the Jets are cursed and they are a horrible organization, even when they try to not be and fix the 50-year curse. This is just so... Oh, so first... So they have the guy, Vinny Testaferti, come in to that night on September 11th and do the coin toss. And like, why would you invite... This guy who ruined everything in 1999. This game? Yeah. He did? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really I'm like, why funny. are you inviting this guy that's just bad news back? And they're like, no, it's going to be different. Oh, God. But it's the Jets. It's never different. So uh, so obviously, you all know I was excited. Even though I knew something was going to happen, I was, again, as a Jets fan, you, 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 you try to have hope. And it's like funny being a Jets fan, you know, because I'm glad you're father raised you as a Giants fan it's the right thing to do they win Super Bowls every once in a while the Jets stink and raising anybody as a Jets fan is stupid because you're raising them to be losers you want to be Giants Yankees you don't want to be in this circumstance I don't know what made me a Jets fan I don't know what made me a Mets fan it might have something to do with cousin Elliot who knows and he was such a great guy and it's so funny I'm at the bar on Monday and I'm like I only wish Cousin Elliot was here to see this because I wish he was alive. You know, I was telling Stuart and Ira. And, and, and I'm like, I'm glad Cousin Elliot isn't here to see it <laughs> five minutes later. So so let me just set the scenario. There's two things I've got to tell you guys that I've been waiting for weeks to talk about, or for a week. So first of all, uh, you know, I'm going to the Wings place, my favorite place to watch. Now, I forgot the, the Tommy at the, the bar that he likes you. He was upset that you didn't show, by the way. Yes. Um, he was like, where's your sister, Dave? You're not bringing her again. Um, you know, he was surprised that I stayed for the whole game. He's like, you never, I'm like the Jets are never on Monday Night Football. So I walk in and it is a celebration of Jets fans. You know, like there's nowhere to watch a Jets game. There's no Jets bar. That doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It kind of makes sense. And I don't even know, but I'm not sure if there's a Giants bar. I think when you're in New York, 
Every bar is a Giants and Jets bar unless, and it's funny because there's plenty of places to go. There's 49ers bars. There's Seahawks bars. I know of a- There's Bills. There's definitely Bills bars all over the city. And they drive me nuts because, you know, what a fun thing to do to be in a different city and go to your, you know, your bar. And they just don't have Jets bars. So this, I couldn't even believe it, how many Jets fans and people in Jets jerseys there were. I'm not sure which part of the story, how I want to do this. Um, okay, so so anyway, I'll, I'll say this. The celebration, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers coming out with that American flag. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Again, I'm, I have Beth in my head. Like, she's so excited. Like, she doesn't watch football. But the hard knocks have made him a, a TV star. And the NFL, the Bills are even excited. The opposite teams. Everyone is excited. It's not just a Jets fan. It has nothing to do with the Jets at this point. It's like a story. Did you see the John McEnroe thing beforehand? No. He, he interviewed Aaron Rodgers, and it was great. Oh, no. Because McEnroe's I... a New York guy, yeah. and I guess he's a big Jets fan. And so the two of them were talking. It was fantastic. It was like five minutes long. But, you know, between, I'm like, Dory, it's never have I ever guy. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. Right. And uh, you know what? Now that you reminded me, he was on the Manning podcast. He's, he didn't do the U.S. Open this year because he had COVID. So I wasn't thinking he did of it. him. I thought he wasn't able to come on. He was there. He was on at the end? I don't know. I saw him do a couple of different. Oh, um, I didn't see him do anything because I know he had COVID. He got sick. Hmm. And he's, of course, the best commentator. You know, him and Chrissy Everett are legends. Yeah, he was so, so excited to talk to Aaron Rodgers. He was so Everybody excited. Was. It was like <laughs> five minutes before the game started. And we're like, this is going to be the best. It's it's like he took the wind out of everybody, not just the Jets. The Jets fans, obviously. But like every anybody who was watching that game was just crushed. The NFL was crushed. The Buffalo Bills couldn't get it together. I mean, they were freaked out, let alone the, the Jets. But I mean, it's like everyone's disappointed. Everyone was looking to see, can he pull a Tom Brady, go to a different team, and help them out, and it was the story of the year, let alone the hard knocks, which makes him a TV star and just showed his amazingness of being a leader, and and just he was fun and funny and cool, and the you could see the teammates just gushing over his just leadership and and you know ability to just go to and and the fact and I said all this I said boy this has been so great him being a New Yorker like just Taylor Swift and Broadway and the Knicks and the Rangers and it's all gonna look like shit after September 11th I said that I knew something bad was gonna happen or they were just gonna lose and he was gonna suck and it's such a bummer so it's your fault probably probably meanwhile the Jets and the ratings on the Monday Night Football shattered ratings regular ratings wow. records it's a uh, n- never before like you know in years i think say, they said maybe since 2006 has there since espn got the monday night package has there been you know everyone wow. was excited but here's the best part i always go to get wings and monday night football for years with my friend chris murphy who has never been on this podcast because he tells too many inside jokes that I keep telling him. It's not funny to anybody except you and me. But he's a really great guy, and he's been a friend of mine for years. You know him? I do. The long, red-haired guy. Yes. I mean, I've known him since, like, 1980. 
nine. In fact, the way we met, he was um, a host at the Improv. He taught Atel how to work at the Improv, which was a comedy club on 44th Street. Cool. And one time I was passed out in the Port Authority um, subway station on the escalator hmm. where the escalator was hitting my back as it was going. I was at the top. No I, way. Yeah. And cool. he um, was like, Chuskow? And I'm like, yeah. And he's and he picked me up and he and he dusted me off and he's like, "Are you all right?" Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I was totally drunk and passed out. Wow. And ever since that day, he's been really getting me out of a lot of tough spots. He's gotten me out of a lot of um, people beating me up and stuff. He's not like a tough guy or anything. He's just a, a good friend. But he's also a sad sack. You know, he's had a really tough life and he's got an uplifting personality, which is crazy because he shouldn't. His dad took off when he was a kid, just took off. You know, the classic, I'm going to get a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Oh, man. His mom had mental health issues. I don't know whether it was after the dad took off or before. Maybe that's why he took off. So she was useless. His brother OD'd. Oh, no. From drugs. Yeah. So uh, he now he has cancer. You know, it's like the only thing that didn't happen was he wasn't struck by lightning, I think, like Jay Mattis was. Right. Um, But he's just a sad sack life but you know one of the most uplifting guys you could meet to experience this horribleness that's what makes him kind of a wonderful person a great attitude so (laughs) so it's his so that's his birthday's on september 11th of course it is right if it get any worse he's 2001 he's like this is gonna be a great birthday this is the year i'm gonna get married i'm gonna i'm gonna be a professional i'm gonna you had more tv and and so classic right so he's like for his birthday this year he wants to go with me to get the wings watch the jets game and that's what he wants to do just me and him and maybe this other guy eric bronstein and we're all going to hang out. And I'm like, all right, if that's what you want to do, I'm in. Of course I'm in. Be there anyway. So he, he's texting me. And I get a seat at the bar. I get there around 8 o'clock. He's going to be there. And he goes, I'm not going to get there until 8.30. So I guess you can see where this is going. It's just funny. It's like I get in that bar. I've never seen it like this before. The joy in this stupid wings place that smells pretty bad. You've been in there before. It's, it's stupid. The bathrooms smell bad. It's not not clean, but it's... You know, it's they serve wings. It's dirty and gross, and but the people are okay. I go in and the, there's quiet because Tommy's on the microphone, and he's uh, come on everybody, and they're all like, "This is gonna be an amazing night. This is gonna be incredible." And I came in, and I'm like, "This is great." He's on the mic, and they have a wheel. Do you remember the wheel? I do not. They have a wheel. You spin it, and it's possibly you can hook up the entire bar with shots. That's so fun. Yeah, they spin it every Monday night. So they have a girl dressed in a Buffalo Bills jersey, and they're making fun of her, but she's really pretty. So he's like, all right, she's going to spin the wheel. And she spins the wheel, lands on it, everybody gets shots. So the bar goes <laughs> nuts, right? And, and he goes, well, good for you guys. A lot of work for me, uh, but uh, you know, I'm happy for you. Let's go, Jets! And everybody's doing J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I mean, it was a dream come true for me, because this never happens. Being a Jets fan is just not the way it works. At least in my life, I can't find other Jets fans besides our cousins. Right, and we're, we're, the, the joy that we're doing. Aaron Rodgers comes out with the flag. We're like this. We're all crying. It's an emotional scene. And then all of a sudden, he goes down, 
And that's when Chris Murphy comes in. <laughs> what I miss? He's like, I don't know. I thought people would be more energetic. Like, they were before you got here. Uh, <laughs> this poor guy just cannot cut a break. It was so funny. I'm like, oh no, everybody was happy just before you walked in. I just saw him come in. I'm like, it's happening. It's so hilarious. Oh God, what a horrible situation. And then of course they won. And then it was fun again. I've got photos for the bonus show. Because uh, the waitress was hot, so I took a picture with her. And uh, just the win was fun. It was, I guess, but all tainted under things that kind of suck. Yeah, I remember the announcers even saying, it's like someone took the wind out of this entire place. Yep. Like yeah. you could feel the energy beforehand. What you could feel the thing. energy. America felt the energy. If you yeah. were at a bar, yeah. if you were at home. It was the most exciting thing that this guy was. What, what he's carrying the American flag. It was fantastic. You weren't just a Jets fan; you were an American. And that's what we needed on September 11th. This guy, this TV star, and this NFL legend is. Oh man, it was all working. I can't even believe. Out for the season, maybe forever. Holy shit! You got to be kidding me. It's it's the Jets are really. You have to think they're actually cursed. It's it can only happen to them, and they do this all the time. It's up there with not. Uh, have you ever heard of Dan Marino, Dory? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you weren't even alive when he was playing, and you've heard of him. The Jets could have drafted him. They went with this guy Ken O'Brien. You remember him? No, exactly. They could have drafted Marino. They could have drafted John Elway that year. They chose this other loser. Wow. And, you know, it's that, it's the Vinny Testaverde thing, and it's the fake spike. You know, the Jets find a new way to give themselves problems. Like, I thought for sure that day they were going to find a new way to lose, something we hadn't expected yet, like the Dan Marino fake spike, which if you don't know about it, it's legendary. You know, sometimes when the clock is going down and they don't have any timeouts, the guy will oh, yeah, get the height, the ball down. throw the ball down, and stops the clock. So Dan Marino, many years ago, and the Jets are about to win. He, you know, he's he's at the goal, and instead of everybody's expecting in the whole stadium on TV to spike the ball, and he's like, "Oh, there's a guy open," and he throws it to him. And again, the Jets are ah crushed again by a new form of faking people out. Oh, it's available everywhere. It was legendary. Also, the butt fumble. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's uh, Mark Sanchez. It's like he got the ball lost in the guy's ass. I mean, it's like the, <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the Jets are the worst. They just find new ways to lose or just make fools of themselves. It's a nightmare. Enough of that. The only thing I want to tell you is this, and I can't wait to. Oh, I don't know what to do. There's. Um, I'm reading the paper at the diner on Wednesday, and it says, you know, this is in the New York Post. Achilles tear will KO Rodgers for 2023. And then the next line is, Wilson gets yet another chance as quarterback. As soon as I saw this, it reminded me of the ending of All the President's Men. Have you ever heard of that movie? Of course. No. Right. Yeah. It's okay. It came out in 1976. <laughs> oh, I think well, that was go. before you were born, but I'm not positive. Just a little. So the movie is fantastic. You should probably watch sure it, except it'll... Are you making fun of them, all the president's men? No, I don't. It is a very good movie. It's a really good movie, but it might annoy the shit out of you because it was before phones. <laughs> so there's a lot of like going to pay phones and making calls, and, it, and it's a little annoying to watch now. You know, they're also typewriters. So it's like, uh, do you have to get your cookies or something? Yeah, it's all right. Well, anyway, let me just tell you this, and then we can move on. 
or are they in the oven? We'll go, go, go get them. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Nick. See. No, I was really interested in this conversation. Is she making fun? I or? think she is. She's the worst. Why do we have her on this podcast again? Well, you know why? Because <laughs> it's she, funny. Because she does that. Right. And then all of a sudden, she's a good podcast guest. Right. She's making fun of the host. That's hilarious. Well, it's easy to make fun of you. It, it huh? Um, anyway, the point is with that movie, at the end, the very end of the movie, the typewriter, the telex, as Aunt Judy used to have right. at her office, Super fun. is typing, and, and that's how they wind up the story. Gordon Liddy gets, you know, arrested. All the people in his cabinet are going. Then Richard Nixon brought up on charges. Uh, and then the last line is, Nixon resi- 9th, August 10th, 1974, Nixon resigns. Gerald Ford will take office as of noon. T- will be sworn in at noon today. That's the last line in the movie. And that, that, the, that Wilson does gets yet another same, chance. Right? I know. That's what I'm thinking of, that this is as big as Nixon resigning <laughs> and then Gerald Ford taking over. Who's that public? You should see the movie. It's good. If you can forego the frustration. It's a Watergate thing. Yeah. Oh. It's the two guys, Woodward and Bernstein, who broke the case and, you know, figured out that Nixon lied. It's kind of cool. And it's uh, Robert Redford and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Sure. Never heard of them either? Little words. Yeah, she has. Hook. Yeah. I've Dustin Hoffman, right? Yes. I don't know the other guy. Yes, you do. He's Marvel. He is? Yeah. Who do you play? A senator, I think, right? In Captain America? Yeah, he was the bad shield guy. Bad shield guy. Oh. Oh. Winter Soldier? Yeah, right? Wasn't it Winter? Something with the Tesseract. I just remember he came back in, what is that, Endgame? He was in Mulholland. Oh, all right. Well, he's a living legend. He made a really good movie that you would really like called Quiz Show. Oh, that was good. Right? That was a good movie. I think you'd like it. It's excellent. Yeah, and sneakers <laughs> with the late uh, Phoenix, River Phoenix. That's right. They um, uh, put a crew together in sneakers. Oh, no story. oh, is that her favorite kind of movies? Mm-hmm, of course. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> we just make fun of it in Rick and Morty all the time. Oh, I see. How does it, what are you making, muffins, banana muffins? Yeah. They smelled really good this morning. She also made the, what's the name of that company? Levon? Levain. Levain Cookies, today, which she let me have one last night, which was great. Thank you. You're welcome. So let me tell you... Um, you know, about what's been going on besides the Aaron Rodgers information. Oh, God, on Friday, Friday night, Friday afternoon, I went to get a haircut, and I was supposed to go to meet this girl who I told everybody last week has a key, Gramercy Park. Oh, right. Remember? You did tell me that. Did you get in? No, it was raining. We're doing it next Friday. Okay. And then I told her it was a holiday today, so we couldn't do it. And she's taking me to the National Arts Center which is like, you know, again, an exclusive place, but you have to wear a jacket and tie. Ooh, and it was wow. so hot, I was not going to wear a jacket to go, you know, that day. I was wearing a shorts. It was just like, let's just do it another day. Meanwhile, I went home, and I was, I think I ordered food. And my friend Kenny, I don't know if you remember Kenny Like old Jody, school Kenny? Yeah. Yeah, from my build, old building. I got a call from downstairs, and they said, hey, uh, there's an officer here with a warrant for your arrest. And I'm like, Again? What? Yeah, I know. So I'm like, what are you talking about? What, what kind of warrant? Like, yeah, they want to know if they can come upstairs. And I'm like, why are they asking if they can come upstairs? Don't they usually just come up? And I'm thinking, I don't know, I got IRS problems. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is it. I was like really worried. I'm like, I'm so not ready for this. I, I put on pants and I just ordered food. And I'm like, oh, no, they're going to ruin my night. And then it turned out it was Kenny. <laughs> and because he used to live in the building, he got the guys to do it. And they felt really bad about it because they could see. I was 
clearly panicked. And I'm like, wait, they would never do that. They would just forego that. You know, the, when the police come to your thing, they don't call the doorman and say, is it okay if we come up? So I should have known, but I, I had no idea it would ever be Kenny. He's never stopped by before. And I was so excited to see him because then I'm like, I'm so glad. It's I really thought I was getting arrested that night. So did he knock and then you open the door like expecting to see No, officers? they finally told me it was Kenny. Oh, okay. No, I, oh, but I was panicked because it's not, again, the first time this has happened. And I'm like, oh, damn, I'm not dressed pr- appropriately. And now I'm going to have to go to jail again. And who knows when I'm going to get out. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's horrible if you've ever been to jail, you know, like when, you know, the last time I went, I was at least able to know what I was going to wear because I turned myself in. So, you know, right. <laughs> the other two times I wasn't prepared. So, anywho. <laughs> so many times. Dory's like, how is this possible? <laughs> Dory, please. I'm a college professor. I don't have time for this nonsense. <laughs> oh, that's so messed up. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh, you know, it makes for a good story. Anyway, um, so, uh, on, so on Sunday, as you know, I was supposed to go to the tailgate for the Giants. I chose to go to the Giants games instead of the Jets because it's a higher, better class of people. Mm-hmm. Although that's why I was surprised to see there were some pretty nice people at the Boyhood <laughs> Jets fans because I don't meet them. So I was supposed to go with my friend Lee, who you know, Lee Maracas, yes. who, you know, his wife hates me because of the, a year ago when I made fun of her. I'm going to go with duh. 60th birthday. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I stopped listening. Right. Exactly. Uh, so Lee's wife's still not talking to me, but Lee talks to me. It's okay. And, uh, you know, I make fun of their kids a lot and stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess I He really does. Yeah. Worse than you, Dory. Well, I like the uh, younger kid, not the older one so much. It was kind of raining and a weird day. And I was going back and forth. I was working, and I'm like, well, I have to work. I'm going to go. And I planned it so I could leave at 3.30 because the game starts at 8.15. So there was plenty of time. And then Kenny called again now that he's back in my life again. And he goes, hey, I'm at – well, now it's called Irregulars, but the bar used to be called Baxter no, – Baker Street, like Sherlock Holmes. Mm. And I've been going there for years, and it's in my neighborhood. And it's where they filmed the movie Cocktail. Oh. Oh, it's close, pal. I know, I'm looking for the manager. What's the matter? Find a hair in your quiche? No, I'm looking for a job. I see. You want to put a hair in somebody else's quiche? Just get canned? I'm looking. Looking for something better. Coglin's Law. Anything else is always something better. Coglin's Law? Douglas Coglin. Logical negativist. Flourished in the last part of the 20th century, propounded a set of laws that the world generally ignored to its detriment. Me. Ever work behind the bar? My uncle's in the business. You know how to make a red eye, Mr. What's your name? Brian Flanagan. No, I'm sorry I haven't had the pleasure as yet. What about a vodka martini with a perno float? I'm a fast learner. Throw a 400-pound psychopath out of a bar? Guess I could if I had to. What about a 100-pound ballerina that's been speeding for three days? Just open the door and let her pirouette out in the street? Well, these are just some of the tasks you'll be asked to perform, young Flanagan. This is the Upper East Side, the saloon capital of the world, the big time. Are you ready for the big time, young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. 
Yeah. So Favorite I lo- movie. love that place. Exactly. Where they throw up all the bottles. You ever see that? No. She I'm has gonna, not I'm seen gonna cocktail. Show well, I'm going to show you the scene where they where it changed bartending. Right? Am <laughs> I did. lying? You it, are not. Remember your friend Ellen used That's to right. try and do it? And she was pretty good at it, actually. So She was a very good bartender. Yeah, she was really good bartending. But this changed everything. I'll show it to you after. It's unbelievable. When you see it, you'll be like, whoa. It, it, it's made Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's the man. He still is the man. <laughs> it's fascinating. You have to go again? I'll be back. I'm just staring at her. So. I like the fact that you can hear her. Like, you know. This. I like it too. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so Kenny uh, calls me and he goes, hey, I'm at Baker Street. And uh, uh, our friend now owns it. Oh. This guy who owned, uh, you know, the guy who always used to drive me home from the Super Bowls because he used to own a bunch of places we'd watch Super Bowl, and he'd always drive me home to halftime in tears, which was very kind of him. Because uh, you know, it's my own fault because I lost so much money. Already. Yes. So uh, he bought this bar, and I was like, "Oh my god, you know what? I'll come by on my lunch hour, and you know, have a drink, and then I'll go back." I mean, perfect. I get to watch a little football with at a bar, and then go back to work, and I can still go to the game if I want to, but. I realized I couldn't go to the game because it was hot. And as I've been talking about this podcast, humidity and drinking for me is not working anymore. So the whole time I'm thinking, I don't know if I'm going to go. Anyway, when I was there, I meet this other guy that used to go out with another comic friend of ours named Kerry Caravis, who I hadn't seen in years. And he's bartending there. And they want to get a comedy show together there. So like weekly. So I'm like, oh, that's good too. And so I don't know. I'm just really glad that this guy took over the bar and that we know him. And now I have a good place to go in my neighborhood which is exciting. It sounds awesome. Yeah. And of course, they film cocktail there. Again, that's all that needs to be said. And then I like it. So I decide not to go to the game. And I call Leah. I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to make a decision. And I'm not going to go. And I feel like a million bucks not going. I'm really glad about it. And you know how this is ending. Because I, I called you. And Such I, a good story. Oh, my God. I couldn't even believe it. Now, I am in a chat room with the guys who tailgate. There's about six or seven of us who are the lead guys. Then, then we get a bunch of people that come later. But there's like six or seven guys. We're in a chat room. Do you have everything? You know, I got, I got the spatula. I got the food. Who's bringing what? Who's bringing the food? Who's bringing the drinks? Who's bringing the iced tea mixers? Whatever it is, we're in the chat room. We do this. So I get a call from Lee at around what three thirty? No, about four thirty. Somebody, nobody bought a grill. <laughs> they have so much meat. You know, raw meat, chicken, scallops that all have to be cooked on the grill. He's like, I got a new spatula and no grill. I call Beth, right? And I'm like, you're not going to believe I made the right choice finally. <laughs> like, finally, I got, the, I got it right. Those idiots forgot the grill. We all went back in the chat and said, who messed up? It's always Jay. Uh, but it sounded like it wasn't. Everybody just said, oh, do we need that second grill? And the answer was no. Yeah, but, but Jay had said. said, I bought a new grill. It's, it's something happened. Exactly. I don't know. It seems like it's all their fault. And I can't even. That's the only reason I wanted to go is for the food. Lee makes amazing scallops. He just puts them in a whole bunch of butter. Mm-hmm. And they're delicious. And my friend Lenny Marcus, who works for the NFL, he always joins our tailgate because he likes the scallops too. So, I mean, I couldn't have been happier. I mean, I felt bad for those guys, but then I was like, How did it end? So, you know, his brother is extremely good at charming people because we don't know how he makes a living or anything. And he's just a scammer. They went, him and Lee went to a couple of guys, like older guys who had a grill. And they asked him, like, 
you know, what's your story? And they're like, you can take half of our grill. You can share half of our grill. Oh, wow. I know. It was really nice. I knew they would work it out. But it's like Lee was like cooking really fast. He was trying to, you know, they didn't want to be dicks. And then um, Jay goes, can I have your address? I'm going to buy you guys a new grill. And so, To the guys that he borrowed. Yeah. And so he went on Amazon, got their address, and bought them a new grill. No way. So he says, I don't, I don't know whether he actually did, but that was what supposedly happened, that Jay bought them a new grill. They're not that expensive. That's crazy. If, but isn't that nice? If well, indeed they nice, actually But yeah, like... He ruined the grill. Did they need a new one? Like, why would you buy a new one? Oh, um, I think he just wanted to do something nice, and maybe the grill wasn't that great. Okay. So I think it was the right thing to do. Oh, it was a nice, nice gesture, and I think he did Amazon them. It's just sometimes I don't trust him very much, but because he was supposed to be in Singapore with uh, your boy Todd. Oh, yeah. What happened? <laughs> he apparently postponed it so he can go to the game, and he's going to get there just in time, get off the plane, and go to the meeting because he's an wow. idiot. <laughs> yeah, right call on that, not going to the grill that uh, to the game with the no grill so yeah that's pretty much my story for this week wow. my dory for this week that was a great like you did a lot this week that was only sunday oh my god oh i'm, I'm not finished All on sunday. oh i have plenty of other stuff to say i was just uh, <laughs> looking at you guys i was hoping maybe you could tell us uh what it's like being an actual dentist at this point now now that you're out of school and Living in alone, and I mean, living with a roommate, but you're living on your own. I mean, this is unbelievable. Dory's an adult now. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I have my own health insurance. Huh? That's amazing. You know, even um, Bob Saget's kids don't have their own health insurance, or they didn't. Remember, they wait well, you until you're 26, and then yeah. they force you. Well, they were 30. How is that possible? <laughs> They're like, Dad, it's going to run out. He's like, Don't worry, I'll take care of it. <laughs> Dory, tell them like a peed story. What? Because they're so fun. Uh, they're not really fun. There are for it us listening. Not what I would say. Come on, tell the story. Um, well, so we have to see like kids every other Friday. We do a whole day of like just seeing kids, which in theory seems like it could be fun. And it is when they're well behaved and you're just <laughs> doing a cleaning. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you did so good. Here's a sticker. Um, and then if you have to do something more and they don't want to do it, I spent a full hour trying to just get a girl to open her mouth and stop screaming with her hand in front of her mouth. Oh, my God. Um, until we just had her leave because it couldn't do anything on her because she just wouldn't open her mouth and stop screaming. I get that. I'm pretty sure your terrible. mother was like that at Dr. Eskow's office. Yeah. I totally was. But it's, Dory said also... It's more traumatizing for me than it is for the kids, I think. Didn't they have to... Another time they had to call in one of the other doctors and the doctor's like, that's it. You hold her legs. Mom, you hold her arms. And the doctor like put his hand yeah, over her chest happen. and made her open the mouth. That's I'm what like, happened to me. That's what happened to me at Dr. Eskaz when I was like done with their stupid no Novocaine process. You know, can you imagine not wanting... You don't, you don't, no, that's This girl terrible. probably never had any Dory's dentistry just trying done. to give her Novocaine. Yeah. Oh, you were trying to give her Novocaine? Yeah. So she saw the needle. Yeah. Well, that's what Dr. Esguy was afraid of for me. He's like, you want me to give you the needle, David? I'll give you the needle. Because then when you see the needle, who wouldn't freak out? Yeah. I don't um, blame the kid. Like, it's scary. Even though it seems like it just kind of goes across your gums, like you're not actually injecting it. But um, yeah, it I guess you do. Really, I don't know. You I can't do it, tell. But it, like, it, it doesn't really So that's that what much. he was afraid I'd be more afraid of that. the needle than the actual pain of not having any Novocaine. So I get that. You know, you got to find a way to disguise the needle. Well, it is like, 
I mean, you don't show it to them, but why don't you do? What about this? What if you What if you went the opposite of Doctor Esco? Since this happened to me all the time, what if you just said, "Well, I'll just take out the cavity," you know, without no, no problem. And then you start drilling, and then she's like, "Uh, yeah, I'll have the needle." The problem is like kids aren't irrational enough to understand that like this is going to stop their pain. Like if if they were hurting, and then I'd be like, "Oh, then this will stop." Like they can't process it if they're like four years I old. still feel oh she's four yeah and she has a cavity already yeah. wait you gotta fill a baby tooth cavity yeah if you're in pain you either pull oh, she it was out in pain? yeah so what happened we had to refer to somewhere else that oh, had like God. that could do nitrous oh you just put some gas here. on right yeah. right that's what i want nobody will give me that yeah i don't know they usually they love giving it because it costs extra so if you go to get any procedure done, they're like, yeah, oh, we're we, just going to give you not- nitrous. We had it in and- school. Like, it definitely helps, but we just don't have it in our building. And how funny is that now your mom is also a doctor? Yeah. And um, she <laughs> does all those eye tests that you think is, is a, you're the person's a doctor that's giving you the test. So it's awesome. You're playing doctor. You're wearing the, the smock. It's, it's exciting. People think you have training. Yes. People right. ask me all the time, how many hours of training have I had on these machines? And yeah. I'm like, oh, I was, it was tough. You're right. Everybody for sure thinks you it's be impressive. Like certified it was like in two seconds worth of press this button. Yeah. Well, when you're blowing air into somebody's eye, I mean, the last person that did that was Uncle Ron, the doctor. So why wouldn't I think that you are a, a, a doctor, some sort of medical genius that knows how to work all this stuff? Here's the birthday boy, Billy. Hi. What's up? <laughs> he looks so good. Yeah, I know. I saw him yesterday at, on campus, and he oh, was right. looking good. Yeah, his hair looks good. And He's jacked. I saw Lindsay today, and she was like, his hair must be super long unless he went somewhere else to get a cut. And I'm like, no, no we didn't cheat on good. you, Lindsay. <laughs> good. And it is super long. Yeah, it's the best. Um, you know, I got to hang out with Billy. It was a beautiful day. We just sat outside, had a little coffee, the horrible coffee. It's not your fault. Um, yeah, they're renovating the cafe we always used to go to, to a Starbucks. Say yeah, that's all we mic. need. That's all right. They're renovating Cafe Diem into a Starbucks, and yeah. Uncle David is very upset about very this. Very upset. Very upset. Because Starbucks sucks? Ca- yeah, because yeah. Starbucks sucks. It really does. I don't want a Starbucks coffee. I want a Cafe Diem coffee, and I want a just neutral grain bar, and that's <laughs> my thing. And I want the chocolate chip cookie. And the best is that Billy came to class last week just for a little bit, and uh, then we told everybody, he's so funny. He was just sitting in front, and then I told everybody it was a birthday. And he just gets up in front of the class, and he's like, let me tell you people something. You know, like, like it just takes charge. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. I don't know. You were just like, I guess we were talking about the pizza place we're ordering yeah, from yeah, tonight. Yeah. And you're like, you don't understand, people. There's, it's garlic knots. And, you know, because they're his peers, they're like, no way. That sounds amazing. Like He had command of that room. It is. Uh, it is like, amazing. This guy was like... Uh, I told him we weren't getting Pizza Hut this year, and this guy was like, Pizza Hut's so worth it. And I was just like, I'm worth more than Pizza Hut. You. <laughs> I'm still upset we're not getting Pizza Hut, but um, apparently his mother loves her son so much. She's traveling two hours, pretty much an hour and a half. It's a three-hour trip. It's like an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back to get this. Apparently, what is it? Garlic knot, garlic cheese knots in the pizza crust? Yes. The, the pizza crust are garlic knots. That's what it is. Sounds amazing. It sounds horrible to me, but whatever the kid wants. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you bring yeah. a pizza back an hour and a half. I guess you'll put it in the oven. Yeah, we'll just put it in the oven. What, did you hear that? We could have just gotten sushi that's next door. 
it's too now late. Does, well, actually, it's not too late, but I think we're I guess all, it is not too no, late. No, it's not. No, if I don't no, get this. I had sushi two days ago. No, because he Since eats sushi all the time because, you know, he's making so much money. Wait, <laughs> say that in the... My friends, uh, my uh, 300-pound friends first time <laughs> <laughs> eating sushi. I don't know. He might get skinnier now, now that he likes sushi, you know? Sushi does not make you skinny. Because it's just fish. Shut up, Dory. I think it does too. It's got to be healthier than pizza. It's so funny when I think I want to eat light. I have sushi. (laughs) There's something because Billy and I eat Taco Bell. Right. So when we have sushi, we're like, no, that's light for us. (laughs) But it's like you need so much of it to fill you up. Yeah. There's no way a 300 pound kid's gonna get full on sushi. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, yeah. (laughs) After I was done with the sushi, I decided I was still hungry after eating three separate rolls. And I was just like, this isn't filling enough. So Sam bought me a pizza from wow. Papa John's. I wish I could say I've That's never so done that. College. but um, No, it's not. Oh I did God, it on Friday. so much food. Also, Papa John's is really good. Like, you, you all should give tra- Papa John's a try. Papa John's stinks. Yeah. Right yeah, next door Papa to you. John's next door to my apartment. Yeah, it's me, where the homeless guy yeah, it looks pretty hangs scary. out. First of all, that's not just a college thing, Dory. Last Friday, I ordered sushi. $50 worth of sushi. And then I made mashed potatoes for myself. I was oh still my hungry. God. I mean, I, I, you're always, everyone's always hungry after sushi. I would have ordered a pizza, but I was like, well, that's ridiculous. So I just made the oh, instant mashed potatoes and ate crazy. that like a crazy, fat, disgusting person. Well, you know I, we had stuffed crust pizza from Papa John's and we each ate like three slices of that, John. Of that John. Yeah. Of oh that boy. John. John's pizza. Just, Papa. Wait, you're, oh, three slices after the sushi. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say three slices doesn't sound like a big deal. <laughs> but it certainly does. Yeah, remember when I... You but, might have to stop hanging out with that kid. Billy, Billy yeah. came over to my house and he you know, ordered like four slices of pizza from the next door, which is a, a f- more filling pizza. I remember just going to get some napkins across the table and he was finished. <laughs> <laughs> it was really yes. impressive. But I love that. He's a growing boy, and he's in very good shape, so it's not that big a deal. If my nephew was Sam, I would right. be like, uh, am I supposed no. to stop him, or should I not eat in front of him? But you know, with him, he's a growing boy, and he should be eating like this. And he works out, so he's supposed to eat a lot of calories. He does look good. Yeah. You look good, Billy. I've been feeling a wee bit... Uh, I've been feeling a wee bit peckish. <laughs> you do catch my said drift. He likes to make his pecs move when he says that. It is very impressive. I do that too, but I'm more like Peter Griffin yesterday when he was doing that <laughs> dance. For the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really sad for me. Speaking of running out, it was so weird. On Tuesday, I, I'm never sure what to do with the work. I eat the breakfast in the morning, and then I don't want to have lunch. You got to go again? I don't want to have lunch. I was like, you know what? I'll just have something. They had a buffalo wrap. Yummy. A buffalo chicken wrap. So I went upstairs. I'm like, well, I'll have that. Or they had a pastrami Reuben wrap. And they were all out of it. And normally the guy would make it for me, but he was new. And I'm like, what do you mean you're out of it? And so I just threw the box that I was bringing it in his face because I was so angry. So I went downstairs where they've had this Philly cheesesteak um, cart out every day when I've been there. I'm like, all right, let me try this thing finally. And I go there, $12. For a Philly cheesesteak, twelve dollars. That's crazy, right? From a from a yeah, from a van. Yeah, like a hot dog's three bucks. Yeah, I never know in New York like what's considered. I didn't expect good it to be twelve dollars. Remember, I was supposed to have it for free, so right. I was furious that it was twelve. Oh yeah, don't spend that. He but he's like, no, I put real beef in it. But I'm like, <laughs> I don't want real beef in a cheesesteak sandwich. I want steakums and cheese whiz. 
and he was putting real cheese on. I'm like, dude, you're doing it all wrong. But he was very nice and he's really into it. Like he, you know, he makes it very clear. Like that's it. But it, but it wasn't very good. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah, it was a bummer. So yeah, that did suck. Meanwhile, on the show on Tuesday, I had Sarah Silverman on. Oh, which was I can't very believe nice. she said she'd come on. Yeah, it was really easy. I think I can do this every week when we're remote. Is have a guest pick her on for the football picks and just you know I just oh, said come yeah. on for 10 minutes and it was great and everybody loved it and you know makes the show a little bit extra special especially since I found out now that my students are watching it uh, so oh. I feel stupid yeah well I guess that would make sense why would they not well so yesterday in class we had our first assignment which was to go back and tell your past self something you know advice or something like that and everybody did a great job, really great job. But oh my God, there's one thing I'd kind of forgotten about. A lot of them went, first of all, I thought they'd mostly go back to high school. But, right. you know, and even though that's just a year for them ago, I thought, I don't know, I guess that's a focal point because I'm, or we're older. Right, a lot. They all went back to their 10 or six-year-old selves. Right. And every one of them was so interesting, said, uh, you know, don't worry, there's not going to be a prom and you're not going to graduate. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so sad. Wow. This turned out to be the worst assignment ever. They were all good about it and everything, but oh my God. The the, the one girl who put it, listen, uh, just so you know, the world ends and you don't go to prom and you don't, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. You know, I mean, it's just so interesting. Yeah. You're telling yourself the world. What do you mean the world ends? Can you imagine telling your six to 10 year old self like no. the world ends? What do you mean? And it does. And it did. It did. And these kids were all affected. These are the kids that didn't have a prom. And I said to them, I'm like, my God, you guys, I'm so sorry. I can't wait to see how you end up growing up and dealing with this. You, your generation. I mean, it's, it's so sad. And but you guys are all handling it so well. You know, I was trying to be real positive, but it was so interesting to hear them talk about it because, wow, you know, that's something yeah. we wouldn't have to tell our high school self. Most of them handled it well. And then I still have my friends whose kids are messed up and they just blame it on COVID. I think they're blaming their bad behavior on COVID. Oh, yeah, no, they never got over COVID. I'm like, what? Like, what's why? Like. Billy's fine for, you know, Billy. Right. Um, but Dory, if you had to go back and tell your young self something, what would you tell yourself? And at what age would you go back to? I don't know. That requires some serious thought. All right. Get back to us well, don't you have a Don't you have a point in your life, like for people your moms and I age, whatever it is, you know, anybody over 40 would normally go back to high school. And tell your high school self. But because you're younger, would you go further back? I don't I don't know. Like, tell yourself what? I don't know. Give yourself some advice. Like, uh, maybe uh, Rutgers wasn't the place for you. Whatever you do, don't go to Rutgers. In that matter. Maybe you'd go back and tell us. Please don't send me to Rutgers. You wouldn't listen to me. I'm, well, maybe you know. she would. If she, like, My future self came to see me. and I was. You know. You'd be like, this is not you from the future. You look the same as you do now. It's true. Oh my God. So one of the girls was so funny and I spoke to her at length yesterday because she sent me uh, her short film to watch. So we talked about it after class and very nice. Billy likes her too. 
she her thing was so funny she sees her six-year-old self and she goes oh are you my grandma from the future because she's like <laughs> she's 20 you know right. like and i'm like that's hilarious that, and you know, that's exactly what that six-year-old would have of thought of course yeah. that's what made it so funny everybody did such a good job i'm really proud of everything this one kid wrote like 20 pages of stuff. I said, just write a page. But people got carried away, which I love. And I was like thrilled, you know, like, um, and there were people that were just like, oh, be kind, be kinder to people. But that was lovely. Blah, blah. Why you make look at you? You're the worst. You're making eyes like, oh, can you imagine? Be kind. Well, you know what, Beth? Maybe you should try that to some people <laughs> because I've talked to some of your patients at the eye doctor's <laughs> office and they're like, oh, God, don't give us that crazy girl, Beth. <laughs> they love she me. She blows smoke into our eyes instead of just a <laughs> piece of wind. <laughs> Yesterday at the, we went to a makeup place and the girl was doing, you know, showing Dory some makeup. And she's like, oh, are you in school? And Dory's like, I'm, I'm older than that. She goes, oh, like college? A <laughs> little, like, little older than that. Like, going. Right, but you're not a doctor though, right? I mean. <laughs> but we yeah, knew it from weird. the day you were born. Yeah, Just well, saying. again, I think I have you beat. Oh, do you? You didn't see this coming. Oh, no, yeah, that's... Professor Juskow? That's way more surprising. Yeah. No, but that was your... That was supposed to be your path all along. Now you yeah, just but found I it again. Exactly, I but never his th- was never supposed to be. No, no, that was his path all along. Oh. He was supposed to, to be a teacher. For teaching. And everybody knew he would be good at it. Yeah, he just a took a slight detour. Well, oh, plus I'm an idiot. Professor? Well, that's the thing. I never thought that. I thought no. I'd be teaching. You could teach uh, like middle school. <laughs> I never had a teacher that wasn't a doctor like in college they were all doctors well now you know better you could just say you're going for your master's and then take like one class every semester for like the next 15 years like mrs sperling oh mrs sperling <laughs> remember it took her like 15 years to get her degree i but forgot she did but it. now that you're reminding remember because uh, folks if you don't remember mrs sperling <laughs> uh we went out with her daughter a couple of weeks ago remember when we went to the Speaking lingerie shop sacks. that uh yeah oh my god right She's still angry that her sister's hotter than she is, like still, and she's like, you know, almost 60. No, she is 60. She is 60. That was the day that I, they wouldn't let me into the lingerie store. I was trying to get a job there. Remember the help wanted sign that our dad used to work How in? I remember that. What's it called? I think I showed lingerie it. by Susan? Correct. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I remember your dad. What? <laughs> yeah, your dad used to work here in the lingerie store. That's by far just the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you growing up. I don't know how you guys made it out. Well, not as big a deal for her as it was for me. And then, of course, I started selling. I started selling lingerie in college because our mom used to sell it too, so I could get everybody twenty, thirty percent off at school. So I would go around and ask the girls, um, what size would you like? They're like, don't tell anybody. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> um, but everybody could see it anyway. I'm like, and then they're like, well, what do you think it is? Um, and then I'd try to be polite. And then they'd say it was less. Um, you have to open with something bigger. Um, 36C? <laughs> oh, thank you. But no, um, it was so weird. That was my freshman year. I, would, so uh, I didn't get any money or anything for you. It's like I should have made it my job. You're right. But um, yeah, all the girl, I would get all the girls' bras or panties. Uh, it was so weird. That's so weird. It is weird. You couldn't do that today, right? No. Because I mean, so why, why would you buy that from a random 
guy well, on your Did they yeah. buy or you just gave them the samples? No, no. They bought. They bought it. Yeah, they gave me money. I got it shipped up from mommy. Oh, yeah. And, um, that makes sense. Because <laughs> right, she was still in business Or, or I time? bought them up, uh, you know, after a vacation or something. I said, what do you guys want? And I can get it for you. So and, weird. You know, what, Warner's bras were pretty special. They were they were like a luxury bra, it's right? True. Or yeah. something. So girdles. They don't have girdles anymore, right? No, because they have spanks. They're called oh, they're called oh, girdles were spanks, right? Oh, girdles were just stuff that do they have men spanks? Suck your I stomach. Just, of course they do. I mean, I don't care. I'm just saying. Yes. Isn't that funny, Dory? Now that I think about that, now. Yeah, that's like super weird. You know, it's also weird. I used to make money at school typing people's papers on a typewriter. Well, that makes sense. You're good at that. Yeah, but then they would want me to proofread it and oh, like do no. stuff, and I was like, uh, "It's hard for me to do both." But yeah, I was good at type typing on a typewriter because I've always been fast on the. So old. And that I know, <laughs> but I made a, a little bit of extra money typing. Why didn't you ever play papers. the guitar? I don't know. I did, and then um, you know my my hands are so soft. I didn't want to get calluses. That's true. Uh, you play the guitar, right? Do you have calluses on your hands? I did you do, right? when oh, I was did? playing. I haven't played. Well, why is that guitar out now? Because Billy broke it. Oh, that kid. <laughs> why was he even... I assumed it was Sam out plays. there for you to play. No, Sam plays. So he took it. It was downstairs in the basement. And then he broke the E string and never, of course, replaced it. So I just ordered him. I can just do it myself. But I haven't played for you know like two years. Mm-hmm. I thought you were playing all this time. Nope. You oh. haven't taught music in like a long time. Yeah, oh. I didn't. I wanted to get better, and then I just, once I stopped teaching the preschool, I'm like, I, I don't even want to play anymore. It's kind of sad. That is sad. Eh, or is it happy? Meanwhile, I am so excited that you decided to um, do Rosh Hashanah for breakfast for dinner. Uh, that is a huge revelation. I am extremely excited about it. What made you think about that? I think it was Dory. Which one is Dory again? <laughs> I don't don't imagine for a minute that Dory had an idea that she had actually speak an idea to you. She loves to talk about food. Not to me. I mean, not on the podcast. Yeah, right. (laughs) As soon as you turn off the mics. Yeah, the only way we get Dory to talk usually is if she's had a little chocolate. Um, That's always been the case. Then she's just like her Uncle Dave and will talk for hours incessantly about chocolate or peanut butter <laughs> or harry potter or peter pan but other no, that than that you can't like get her to me. talk about dory anything. i saw this on tiktok dory introduced me to tiktok and now i can't stop Woo-hoo. um that you can say hey siri lumos and your flashlight will go on what cool. oh sorry i didn't mean to go. did you know that no. try oh you don't i, have I don't have it no because yesterday so my I car, tried it, it my works. car wouldn't start yesterday and the thing that you got me that my, i told my sister got me the 50 dollars thing wasn't working it was drained and so we had to keep putting on the flashlight for the guys and i had to keep scrolling down and getting it so if i had known that mm-hmm. it would work but you said it doesn't work on uh, an android well huh? you don't have siri right yeah I, oh man I saw that it. would be convenient there's a couple of harry potter spells that you can use that's cool it will um oh that's so cool it will bring up apps i think if you say akio and then you can turn off the flashlight by saying Knox. Knox. Thank you, Dory. Yep. Pretty cool. I want to tell you one other thing. There's nothing I just remembered. I was telling one of my students yesterday about Warren Beatty. She had no idea who it was. Right. Why would you? Right. And that's what I told her. And I was explaining to him because we were talking about, you know, what she wants to do with being a producer and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I love talking to these kids one-on-one and helping them. So I was, I don't know why 
he came up. I guess I was thinking about a guy that kind of started as an actor and then used his good looks for good. I mean, this, you know, I was explaining, I'm like, this guy is, was a gorgeous guy. He's still pretty, but I mean, he was gorgeous. And, but he would, and he, you know, was a legendary ladies man. He, you know, all the girls in Hollywood all liked him and all this kind of stuff, but he would make significant movies like that had messages. Like he wasn't just a good looking guy. And, you know, I was explaining some of the things he would do. Like I was explaining about shampoo, the movie shampoo, in 1973, where he was playing a Beverly Hills hairdresser who actually sleeps with Princess Leia when she's 15, which, of course, you could not make today. But um, back then, a, a very young Carrie Fisher is in this movie, and uh, he's a, a Beverly Hills hairdresser. But the backdrop, he didn't you know, write it or produce, but, but he might have produced, he produced it, he didn't direct or anything, but he insists on, but let's set it in the background of the Nixon, uh, you know, um, 1968 election presidency. You know, he always sets it in a political, interesting background, and that's what made him different than everyone else. I don't think I've seen the movie. Oh, it's really good. I, I don't know if you remember the, the, the reason why I know about it. No. Okay, so... Do you remember the Perth Amboy Theater, the drive-in that we would see going home yeah, from the course. beach? Yeah, of course. And they remember how it turned to porn later yes. on? Right. So, yeah, you maybe you don't remember this story, but I guess it was in 1973. Uh, we were driving home from who knows where that we'd be coming back from the beach. Maybe Uncle Bob Smith. Right. Long Beach where or was whatever that, that was. Where yeah, did I we go know. for that? Uh, right. Yeah. Something I messed up that we never saw again. Actually, that was uh, somebody else's fault. So... Um, so we're going up, uh, we, you'd be able to go up the parkway, Dory, and you'd see the drive-in movie theater, and you could watch the movies while you're driving through. You could actually stop and watch the movies, um, and then it turned it into porn cool. later on, where you could, they, they just aired porn movies. You'd be driving in your car, and you'd see porn. That's weird. It was really weird. Nobody believes me, but I finally somebody found it uh, online where you know I'm like telling the truth. It wasn't just in my mind. So we're driving in 1973. And Rhoda, she's like, oh, my God, I just saw the scene that Estelle has been telling everybody about, about shampoo, about the movie shampoo. They're playing shampoo at the driving theater. And it's this scene where Lee Grant gets drunk and she slips under the table. And he goes, oh, my God, I just saw that scene. And then she went home and called, whether it was Mrs. Sperling or Estelle, right. one of her stu- totally horribly ugly friends um, who are now dead. And we're OK with that. Um <laughs> It's it, it we just we were driving on the parkway, so I, that's why I remember the whole thing. It's really funny because from when her saying that, and I remember seeing the scene, and then and I was afraid of shampoo because I don't know, I was afraid of all movies back then. I didn't know what it was, and then I'm like, oh no, why did she get drunk? I don't know. So then she calls her friend. So I always remember. So when I wa- I finally watched the movie, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the scene. It's the scene <laughs> that Rhoda was so obsessed with. I had to call Mrs. Brody and Mrs. Sperling and tell them we just saw the scene, and it's not that funny. So that's what makes it funny. Like, oh my god, it was hysterical. She gets drunk and she falls down, and you're watching it. And I'm like, why am I not laughing at this? This isn't funny at all. But we just it, watched Caddyshack. Yeah. It's so that's an, wait. So, I want to talk about that for okay. a second. Wait, hold on. I just want to tell you that you should see this movie, Shampoo, because it's completely interesting. If you're watching it in a whole, Goldie Hawn's in it, and uh, you know, just uh, Julie Christie, that girl, Lori Garb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. And uh, it's really interesting because, like I said, he always puts a little something extra into his movies. You know, so it's kind of cool. And then I told her about this movie, Bullworth, and I said, well, if you really want to see something ballsy. 
watched this guy's movie. It's almost kind of his last film. He's almost retired now. And it is a balls to the wall statement, you know, about politics and about, you know, black people and how they're treated. And it's a comedy. And it's just, have you ever seen it? No. It's amazing. It's amazing. I don't know whether you could do it today. I think you could. What year was it? 92. I think it's Halle Berry's first movie. Because Sarah was supposed to be in it. She got cut out. But I know where she's sitting on the plane, like, so I look for her all the time. (laughs) Then I told her, like, I'm like, Sarah was like the last person that got hit on by Warren Beatty before he, like, just kind of called it quits, I guess, or something. And so it's a miracle, right? What a legendary sound. Like, hit the last of the big movie stars to be hit on. You know, it's like a dream. Be, like, being hit on by, like, you know, Cary Grant or something like that. It's so cool. Anyway, yes, your husband, Matt, told me that you showed Billy Caddyshack. And I said... It doesn't hold up, does it? It does not hold up at all. We couldn't believe it because he, you know, we watch Community, right? So he likes um, Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase, which is why we started. You're talking watching about Billy, it. Billy, right? And you've watched my episode, right? Just oh, yeah, okay. right, yeah. of course. Yeah, this uh, is Ruffles. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, couldn't believe how unfunny the movie was and how Bill Murray. Wasn't that great? What? Wait, you're saying that? Yeah, it just wasn't. Because you were watching it through Billy's eyes? Maybe. Like as a person watching it for the first time, it's just not that funny. Well, I agree it doesn't hold up, but I I still would think, I mean, maybe I haven't seen it in its entirety again, and now I'm going to watch it thinking about, you know, Billy or Dory watching it, and I get it. I still think Bill Murray's really awesome in it. No. I don't know. You, I we did not think that Billy didn't even find Rodney funny. That opening scene where he comes in and says, "Oh, six of those, six of those, six of those naked lady tees." I mean, that's one of the greatest yeah, opening scenes of all time. Just no, not. He didn't get it. So over the top, like something you wouldn't see today. Like Rodney Dangerfield's character would not be in a movie today because everybody would be like, "Well, that's not real." So you're and- saying that your brother David could not be in a movie today well that's why you're probably not working yeah that's why because i would definitely come There's in no over other the top yeah. how are you <laughs> like no, nobody would act like that in real life and they're like you but you, you, so you don't know dave jessica it's just like doing sarah's show oh my god I, i've met some of those people like yeah you're looking at him right now this is him he's an <laughs> idiot that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah oh that's that's too bad but it makes a lot of sense so Yesterday in class, again, so we were getting set up for the writer of Back to the Future and the producer, Bob Gale. So I was showing them his earlier work. One of the movies is called Used Cars, and it's from 1980. Now, as a kid, me and Lawrence and all my friends really loved Used Cars. And I couldn't show them the trailer because it has boobies in it. You know, they're like, oh, don't show us that. And I I thought maybe I'd say like, well, I could show it to but they're like, no, don't. I'm like, well, you should really see it. Because you have to see what you need to get through to get to the dream project you want to do. Everybody has to do, you know, you're going to have to start out doing stuff you don't want to do. And unfortunately, in the 80s, this was every movie. Every movie had to have boobs and stuff blown up. It's true. Every movie was, was only made for boys. Everything was made for boys and not even men. And they're like... 
I'm like, and we've tried to change that now. Like, no, professor, it's still happening. That's what one of the students said. Of course. And I'm like, you're right. But think about this. We were talking about Clueless last semester, and our friend Amy Heckerling, who also wrote and directed a movie in the 80s called Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 1982. What is the most iconic scene in that movie? Phoebe Cates. Right. And what? Her boobs. Exactly. So I said, there's no way to win. And she goes... So what are you saying? Is that what the 80s were all about? Is that why you always say there was so much fun in the 80s? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, the, I feel like Animal House started the boobs. And then after that, when they realized how much money it made, every single movie had to show You're boobs. absolutely right. That's why I used to call Harold Ramis the father of modern comedy because the modern comedy back then, calling it modern 78, right. 79, all the way into the 80s, was the slobs versus the yuppies blowing up stuff and boobs. And, and Harold Ramis unfortunately perfected it. And then, of course, he moved on to do non-boobless, really interesting passion projects that he wanted to do, like a Ghostbusters or especially Groundhog Day. And, you know, this is what I'm trying to teach the class. You know, I'm like, yeah, you got to start out with the stuff that you're not going to want to do to get to where you want to be. Got to make money first. Yeah, right. And you got to prove your worth. Right. And that's why it's going to be interesting talking to this guy um, next week. I think they're excited, but I can't tell. It's okay. As long as you're excited. Yeah. Yeah, I am excited. You know, I was excited to hear the kids read their stuff in class. I love that stuff. I really enjoyed doing that. And I was just trying to put the whole, you know, I was having so much trouble p- trying to put the rest of the weeks together in my house, pacing back and forward. I'm like, no, wait, if I do that this week, then I have 40 minutes left. It's like really complicated. Yeah, but you know, you can just sit and talk for 40 minutes and they'll love it. Yeah, but I need a topic. I mean, it's true. They don't seem to mind when I tell them stories about whether it's my career, which is good um to tell them stories you know tell them about good stories Maxim magazine and stuff right. right right no i have to tell them I, I told them again i'm like you got to live life and you got to do stuff that's going to be real that's going to be real sucky but because it works later if, especially if you're going to be writers so anyway i love talking about class and um i can't get enough of it i just enjoy doing it I mean, I'm sure, Dory, uh, you wouldn't like me as a professor because you are the worst. But um, I bet you some of your classmates would like me. You seem like you have a pretty interesting class going on. Oh, oh my God. That's like, I can't. <laughs> well, Dory's had to sit through science and math her whole career. So something like this. Well, that's why I was thinking yeah, maybe I would fun. teach math because maybe I could make it better. I don't think so. They're like, no math. No, no, no. I think I should be able to teach a course in math next semester. And that way they'll be like, well, I came up with 63. I'm like, you know, there's no right or wrong in math. Four? (laughs) Four? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, it's so funny you say that that holds up when, of course, if I ever get to make it to a point where I can do my own thing, I'm totally remaking back to school. But back to school, I feel like, holds up. That to me is really funny. But there's problems because. First of all, the opening scene where he ends oh, up well. in the girl's dorm, you know, like, and, he, and they don't press charges. He just gives them money, you know. <laughs> I mean, that stuff. I, I see what you're saying, but I felt like the comedy is. I it holds so, up. Too. I think so. He's I don't not know. as silly. Like, there's heart in that one. Yeah, Caddyshack. There's, there's really nothing. No, no, there's nothing. It was just, uh, yeah, let's just have some fun. And boy, would, did that mean that same year as used cars. 
those kind of movies spoke to what 15 year old boys that's what they were made for that's their target audience and you know when you think about it and you make these marvel movies and i know there's women that like marvel movies they're still made for 15 year old boys so that girl was right we're making no progress whatsoever are we done <laughs> no you can go for hours i gotta go pick up pizza all right. So anyway, yeah, you got to pick up the pizza. Dory, thank you for joining us uh, on our yearly uh, holiday podcast. And Beth, thank you for um, letting me stay uh, these next couple of days and in the future and for being a very good uh, sister. What's and, uh, that about? I don't know. You've been very kind to me. Are right you now. dying? Well, I'm not living. <laughs> <laughs> You saw all the Taco Bell I ate yesterday. It's not going to be for yeah. long. It's, uh, I don't have much time left. <laughs> My stomach hurt just looking at it. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, you know, we, uh, we didn't go out after. I usually go out after we eat and right. we drink. And, uh, you know, Evan had to pick up his son at the airport. And I'm so mad at that kid. And I'm like, what? He knew he could have come in any other day. And he always asked to get into this comedy cellar. I'm like, next time you ask me to get in the comedy cellar, see what I say. There you go. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you uh, next week on another episode of Just Gal the City. Good night, everybody. <laughs>